Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this latest version of uh, Tales, Tales from Outer Space, where I take an HFY story from somewhere around the internet and read it aloud for your enjoyment. All the relevant links are down below. Like, subscribe, and all that YouTube comf to help this video and channel grow. Anyways, as always, I hope that you enjoy. I would just like to thank the following tier 5 patrons and channel members for supporting the channel. Fallen Angel. Buzz Kennington, Data Magnet, and Bob the Dragon. Thank you again, and now on to the story. Story number one, The Ultimate Lowground, written by Exviler. The flagship Crum Homogeny Armada orbited Earth amid the wreckage of what was left of the meager UN Space Defense Force. Aboard was a small delegation from the United Nations of Humanity, summoned to accept the terms of humanity's surrender to the hegemony. The war had been swift as would have been expected. Humanity was a young upstart, only recently having become known to the galaxy at large. Their fate had been a foregone conclusion. The only question had been which nearby power would conquer them and turn them into a vassal state. Sure, there was the Galactic League which was founded to foster peace between races and bring justice for those too weak to defend themselves. But everybody present, including the League observers, knew that the only actual peace was that which was enforced by particle cannons and fusion warheads, things that the League was sorely lacking. Besides making self-aggrandizing speeches about cooperation and unity, the observers' only real purpose here was to rubber stamp the standard demands of surrender that the crumb hegemony would present and which the United Nations of Humanity would accept. And with their species now held, it was time for the demands. The Supreme Commander Verzel of the Fleet of Crumb, the Supreme Commander Verzel of the First Fleet of Crumb, stood up from his chair in the middle of the long side of the conference table. To his left and right sat his admirals and senior captains. At one end of the table sat two League observers. Opposite the Supreme Commander Verzel sat Andrew Morrison, the head ambassador of the UNH, and his delegation. The Supreme Commander spoke. As the voice of authority of the Crumb hegemony, I, the Supreme Commander of the First Fleet of Crumb, demand that the United Nations of Humanity immediately ceased all hostilities against the crumb hegemony, submit unconditionally, and be forevermore bound to the authority of the crumb hegemony. Does the United Nations of Humanity accept just mercy of the crumb hegemony in these terms of surrender? Ambassador Morrison glanced to his right at General Terence Hall, who nodded curtly. Then he glanced to his left at General Yang Chao, who also nodded. Ambassador Morrison stood up to meet the Supreme Commander Verson head to head. He squared his shoulders and cleared his throat for effect. The United Nations of Humanity do not accept these terms or any terms of surrender. There was a silence as quiet as that of the deepest space as Morrison and Verzel stared at each other. You are a young race. Perhaps you do not understand your situation. The Supreme Commander gestured at the large windows with his hand. 
outside was earth, and the glimmer from the thousands of pieces of wreckage catching the rays of sun as they spun. Your fleets have been destroyed. They are nothing but twisted pieces of metal. You have nothing that can hope to resist our ships. With nothing more than the mere touch of a button, I could rain fire on your cities and turn your surface of your planet to glass. Yes, you could. Morrison nodded in agreement. He paused for a second, then looked at Verzel in the eye. Will you? It wasn't a question. It was a challenge. What? The Supreme Commander was caught off guard. It was a simple question. One I would hope someone of your stature would be able to answer. Will you? Morrison enunciated those two words individually with emphasis. One half of Versal's mind was caught up in an absolute rage that was bubbling up with an almost casual insult towards him. The other half was caught up in the absolute insolence of these monkeys even daring to question his answer would be anything other than empathic yes that he was ready to prove it. Both of these trains of thoughts collided and log-jammed his mouth, and he was simply left agape. Ambassador Morrison took the advantage of this. Allow me to answer for you. This isn't about raw materials. You would just go mine an empty star system without risking trillions of credits in military hardware. This isn't about extermination. If it was, you wouldn't even have given us a choice in the first place. This isn't about glory, for there is none to be had in wanton slaughter of civilians. And I believe even the League, as spineless and toothless as it is, would have a thing or two to see about outright genocide. Morrison glanced at the League observers who were looking extremely uncomfortable in their chairs. No, this is about Earth, our people, our built-up economy and industry. If you newcuts from orbit, you destroy the only thing you stand to gain from this. So, I ask again, Morrison glad Verzel. Will you? Will you cross the only real red line the League has? Will you destroy the very thing you wished to gain? Supreme Commander Verzel had no answer. A bluff he hadn't even realized he had been making had been called, and he had nothing to fall back on. Morrison continued, We may be a young species, but we did our best to learn as much about all of you as we could. We've seen pattern repeat over and over in your histories. You invent aircraft, spacecraft, starships. Each new higher ground gives you an easy victory, because once you dominate the sky above your enemies, a rational opponent surrenders when you can destroy them with impunity. But what if your opponent isn't rational? What? If you cannot simply destroy because in doing so would make your own victory moot. You can destroy from the sky, but to control you need boots on the ground. We may be young, but we know this. None of you have fought a land war in a millennia. We have. We know what hell awaits you if you try and hold Earth by force. 
every man and woman in every city, in every village, in every house on the planet will make you pay in blood for every square meter of dirt. Ambassador Morrison pulled the data pad from his pocket of his suit. This contains our terms for the peace treaty between the United Nations of Humanity and the Crumb Hegemony. It restores our borders back to the pre-war state. The Crumb Hegemony pays restitution for damages to the civilian infrastructure. And we forget about this unfortunate incident. The rest of the human delegation stood up, turned to leave, as Morrison threw it onto the table in front of the Supreme Commander. Aura, you're welcome to try out the alternative, because we hold the ultimate low ground. End of story. Story number two. Hyper Lucid Dreaming. Written by Eddie Eddie. Screw you humans! No, seriously. You guys have caused more problems than is possible for any sane species. I mean, uh, the drugs you introduced to the galactic community, the weapons you developed, not even mentioning your endless stupid ideas that has resulted in the need to register hold my beer as a phrase that can instigate a station or citywide lockdown. No, uh, the really big problem is your blasted dreams. Let's start at the beginning. Most species run on normal three to four hour cycles. Actually, that's another thing you humans did with your universal measurements. All our science was thrown for a loop. We had to recalculate everything and rewrite all the textbooks. Anyway, uh, most species use three to four hour cycles. Four hour active, and then two or three hours recovery. A low energy resting state. You call it meditating. They're still aware of their surroundings and such. But are super sluggish and slow to react. You, however, function on a much longer cycle and do the whole sleep thing. That's a big problem. For a long while, most of the arm you inhabited was considered a no-go zone, because any ship that attempted an FTL jump anywhere near it would either never exit, or the crew would be traumatized and scream about how they normally pretty stable FTL space that we use was filled with madness and insanity. The stories were never the same, even amongst the crew of the same ship. Then you discovered how to communicate with the galactic community, and we explained that you were in a zone that was non-FTL capable. What did you do? You built a huge sleeper ship, sending out people sleeping for eons to say, Hi! Sleeping! No one could get anywhere near those sleeper ships, because your damnable humans have the ability to inflict your dreams upon FTL space. So, uh... Even one sleeping human can destabilize FDL travel in an entire system. But an entire ship worth of you, it took us centuries to work out just what was going on. And even longer to work out how to deal with it. But still, there are issues. Stations with humans on board have to have exclusion zones around them. Your colonies have to be clearly marked and warning buoys placed in space around them. 
You, as a species, have been outlawed as a weapon, as all they would take is one human having a doze aboard an outpost to obliterate an army of approaching an FTL. And your reaction to this was to shrug and explain that you can't control your dreams, that you never intended to hurt anyone. If you never wanted to hurt anyone, why do you dream of dark monsters stalking corridors when no one can run properly, or of impossible worlds where doors only open to infinite different horrific dodges? You humans are insane. I will not be having any of you aboard my ship. Captain Lecrux of the Lazard Federation's final speech before entering FTL, after refusing aid a human colony. The ship was never recovered. A single lifeboat was recovered with a few crew members aboard, all claiming that the ship had been consumed by trillions of screaming creatures, each with a face like a tortured infant. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed, and if you do, please consider supporting the author, even by popping over and leaving a thumbs up or a nice comment just to show your appreciation for the story. However, if you wish to support this channel, there are links down below which will help immensely. I will see you all in the next one, and until then, I hope that you have a fantastic day. Cheers.